0: welcome back to another edition of the wits up podcast it is fantastic to see all of your friendly faces today we are bringing on an expert it's been a while since our last expert appeared on the Wits Up podcast. Not that professional triathletes aren't experts in their field, obviously, uh, but this is uh, where we bring in people from outside of the world of professional and elite triathlon and bring them onto our Up podcast platform. Her name is Dr. Haley Dickinson. I met her through a friend of mine, Kendall McDowell, who we had on the podcast uh, about 18 months ago. Make sure you go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. That's right. The doctor is in the house, uh, but she is, I mean, you'll hear from the intro because we like Like pretty much every single episode that I record, we start talking uh, and all of the stuff is gold. So I just hit record as soon as uh, they, I was about to say, pick up the phone, pick up the Zoom call. You know what I mean? As soon as we log in and start chatting with each other, I am recording. So there's no official introduction until later on in this particular episode. Uh, But that's what I love about this style of podcasting. Uh, And the doc, which is what I'll be calling her uh, from here on in, uh, is a wealth of information around so many different things to the point that we have decided that we're going to continue this as a bit of a series. What that looks like exactly, I'm not 100% sure. Would love your feedback. Maybe some mini episodes over a period of time, uh, but please leave me some feedback Let me know what you think, and also, and you'll hear this from us later on, uh, but if you've got any topics that you want us to tackle, or pretty much me ask the doc any of these questions, then please let me know. Leave a comment on any of our social media platforms, or shoot us an email at info at witsup.com. Before we get stuck into this episode, I turned 40 a week or so ago, and everything that they say the roaring 40s 40s is the best decade it's off to a great start I've got to say I don't feel any different other than I don't know I feel like taking charge of things again so I don't think that's necessarily got anything to do with the number 40 but let's just say that since uh I caught up with a whole bunch of friends uh I'm feeling pretty good so ready to rock and roll Uh, If you are not already a WitsUp patron member, make sure you do sign up. There's a link in the description of this episode for a couple of reasons, but we've we've got some announcements coming up and some competitions coming up as well, but you need to be a WitsUp patron member to get involved. Uh, One of the competitions we'll be running uh, will be some free entries to some races here in Australia and New Zealand, but you need to be a WitsUp patron member to be able to win one of those free entries. Anyway, let's get stuck into this chat. It is an absolute cracker. I'm very glad that I've met uh, the doc and really excited to be working with her um, and the team at Eat For You, which we will cover off later on as well. Enjoy. Oh gosh. Well, that makes me feel better in like, Frankie's always been a great sleeper, but the last, I reckon, six months has been very up and down for so many different reasons. If you try and figure it out each time, does your head in, right? Yep. Um, But, yeah, sometimes you just need to fucking sleep, so you do what you've got to (laughs) do. Right.
1: I mean, I 100% agree with you. Mm. And I think our kids, like, I know, I don't think, I know, our kids are super sensitive to what's going on in our worlds, right? Mm -hmm. And you're a hell of a busy woman, and I'm a reasonably busy person. You are hell as well. Our kids pick that shit up, right? And they're like, "Uh, hello, I need some attention. And one of the beautiful things that our kids can do is reconnect with us through Mm -hmm. the night time. It's like this awesome attachment, reconnection. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Okay, that's how I'm going to start looking at it instead of getting angry.
1: Yeah, don't get pissy. Just let her in, give her a snuggle, and she'll go back to sleep and you'll both feel better.
0: Okay, done. You've just (laughs) given me permission. So thank you. Pleasure. That's my sleeping advice for the day.
1: Uh, And, of course, there are other people who have a completely different approach to sleeping, right, like completely different. Yeah. But I always come back to the monkeys and you don't see monkey parents putting their kids in one tree and then cruising on over to their own tree. Like you just don't see that shit happening. It is a family unit and they are all together and that is fundamentally about their survival and we're not that far, we're not that distant from them and so we still have those things inbuilt, I believe.
0: I love this yeah. Did you know i'm already recording and yeah, I'm I've all of this in there because i love it <laughs> and it's got nothing to do with what we're going to talk about but it does have everything to do with what we're going to talk about it
1: really does because we don't have a
0: script so <laughs> anything <laughs> like i love that the first two minutes of a tangent has gone into monkeys like i'm i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah
1: sometimes i think i should have studied anthropology because i really love that shit and if i'm unsure I will always do that. I'll go, okay, but what are all the other animal species doing? Because we are one of them, right? So we have this thing where we're all high and mighty. We're kidding ourselves. Uh, We're just the same. And so I kind of go, well, what do others do that are kind of like me? And usually I find a beautiful answer in that.
0: Wow. And, yeah, I guess go with animals as close to us as possible because you don't want to be going those ones that eat their own or? (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Not praying mantis And I don't go reptiles either because I'm not, you know, that just sends a shiver up my spine. <laughs> Warm-blooded uh, placental mammals. Yeah, I'll go there.
0: Placental man- mammals. <laughs> What's that mean? Uh, so they produce a placenta
1: when they're growing oh, their fetus, <laughs> their baby, that thing. It makes sense. That makes sense, right? And we do that too. I,
0: I could have thought about that for about three seconds and come to that conclusion, but why would I?
1: <laughs> That's why, why I can, I'm here,
0: right? Why can I ask the dog? <laughs> <laughs> do you like being called the doc i kind of like it uh well look it happens
1: whether i like it or not same as people calling me hails and there are really it's only my mum that can get away with that shit but other yeah. people do it anyway i'm like you don't know me well enough to call me hails <laughs> but okay so you, i just accept it i'm a let's just go with the flow kind of person so if the doc works for you then just you'll see me probably recoil a little
0: <laughs> <In> a bit <laughs> which is great. That's probably one of the reasons I like calling you that because you don't come across and and I don't want to put all doctors under the same umbrella, but no, you don't come across as like a white lab coat. Not that my GP's like that, but do you know what I mean? Like you're just, you're so down to earth, um, approachable, all the things, um, that, I don't know, like sometimes doctors make me feel stupid and you're the last person to do that. Uh, so for the flip side of that, I think it's funny to call you that because it's not what I associate you to be. See, welcome to the inner workings of my brain. I love them. I <laughs> really it's a fun place. Them. It's a really fun place.
1: <laughs> it's a brilliant space. I agree with you though. And that's, that's that's shit on doctor's form. Like they have a duty of care to make their... their- I was going to say they're customers. I guess technically they are. We pay a lot of money to see them. Mate. Uh, they, mate, probably pay my doctors more than anybody else, actually. Mm. Uh, they're patients whatever you want to call them, um, mm. to look after them and to make them feel good and absolutely not make them feel stupid because you know what that does? That stops us asking questions, which means that stops us getting the answers to the shit that we really need to understand, which is why I like what I do and that's the way I, why I behave that way because I'm like, if, if you don't know, then that's cool because we can have a conversation and we can both learn some
0: stuff. So this is you should write your own segues because that was a brilliant segue. <laughs> into introducing who you actually are, what you do, why you're on the Wits Up podcast, um, go. I'm just going to sit here and you can talk. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I agree with everything that you just said, uh, but I feel like we're, what, 10 minutes into this chat and I have done n- no introducing of you. No. Uh, so let's do that now.
1: And do I need to know anything fancy?
0: Just do you keep do- doing what we're doing yeah. to make the
1: podcast work, Coming. I mean.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> just like doctoring, you just make it up as you go, right?
1: <laughs> what I used to do, keep doing that. Uh, even though we know different things now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we, okay, first of all, it's Dr. Hayley Dickerson. Dickinson. Is it Dickinson?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like literally spelt the way you would D I C K I N
0: S O N. What? Hang on. Have you got the wrong person? I reckon in some texts I've been saying Dickinson and and going, God, that's hard to say because you just want to say Dickinson.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what you meant to say. Yeah. I don't even, I, I reckon maybe in, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, it
1: doesn't
0: yeah. matter. The doc. Uh, <laughs> now, I want to talk about how we cross paths and then we'll get on to more, you know, That will just lead to where we need to lead, wherever that place might be. Um, But uh, our good friend, Kendall K-Mac, introduced us and Kendall's actually been on the Wits Up podcast. She was on the podcast, yeah, back when um, COVID first kind of hit. And it was not long after Melbourne went into the first lockdown and um, and, you know, and the, the, the entire world was in just this, well, we're still in a crazy place of sorts, but it was all just so fresh and new and everyone just, no one knew what, what weighs up. And I, for me, Kendall's the kind of person that uh, she, A, she's the best physical hugger that I know. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and B, she's the the way that she speaks to you is the exact same as her actual hug. So she gives a great verbal hug as well. And I just wanted to share her with the world because I felt like the world needed a KMAC hug. Man, that's gold. She's gold. She's gold. Mm. Yep. That's a
1: really nice way of describing our KMAC.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why she was on and yeah, I feel like she just gave A lot of people with um, anxiety, a lot of people who'd never um, or had never recognized anxiety in themselves before, uh, really enjoyed listening to her. Um, So yeah, so that's why she came on board. But you and her together are working together. Talk me through the, the company, the idea, the concept, and then we'll slowly get to know Hayley Dickinson, the doc, a little bit better.
1: That's awesome stuff. You know what I was thinking though? Well, the whole time you're talking about K Mac and your podcast, it's like, why the heck didn't she tell me she did a podcast with you? Because yeah, man, not, not great at blow your own i to to that. Oh man, she just sucks at that.
0: Great at being a cheerleader, not man. so not so great at being uh, the yeah recipient of cheers. Hundred percent agree with that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, let me tell you a little bit about why, how I know K Mac because it's quite different to how you know her, and I've not known her for very long.
0: Uh,
1: Kendall and I met at Endota. So, I'm a scientist. I studied at Monash. Uh, I ran a research laboratory at Monash for about 15 years, and we studied pregnancy and fetal growth and development. And really, our core objective all the time was to understand pregnancy and fetal growth and the placenta and how all of those things interact and operate so that we could best deliver happy mums and babies that was kind of the core objective uh it's never really that neat and pretty but that was always (laughs) what was running in the background right this is you know this is what I believe I'm doing I'm here to make mums and babies healthier uh I don't know how far we want to go into this but the end of my career was such that I realized that that is not what I was doing um I was striving to do those things uh but in academia success It doesn't really look like it should. Uh, Success in academia looks like lots of publications, lots of grant funding, a team full of students and a CV uh, that people are really impressed by. Uh, I had that. Uh, What I did not have, though, was happy, healthy mums. The work we were doing was the best it could be. But at the end of the day, I felt that we were fundamentally missing some of those key things that really were going to lead to happy and healthy mums and babies. And so we maybe we'll come back to this because I know you want to talk about yeah, K.
0: Oh, no, I've talked about her enough. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like what is that gap between what you thought you were doing and what was actually uh, a result of what you were doing? That, that from the way you're talking, sounds like, yeah, there's, there's no bridge there. That's what's, yeah, missing. Can we talk uh, about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, academia
1: is competitive, and it needs to be. You want to get the best out. Well, I say it needs to be. We want to get the best out of people. So you want scientists working hard. You want them delivering quality results. Uh, but some of the incentives are a little bit perverse. Uh, so you know, like I talked about, lots of publications. So you know, we will do an experiment. So we'll, there'll be a maybe I'll go back to the basics of science. So the idea yeah. for us was there's heaps of stuff we don't know, and so our job. Was to say all right this is the limit of what we understand but we want to get here so what are some questions that we can ask in the gap uh, that will help us take steps to getting to our end goal which is a happy healthy mum and baby and so we would design an experiment around our question and we would get results from that experiment whether it was uh, some sort of early work like you sort of work on tissues or cells in the in the lab you might do animal experiments or you might do human experiments where you either just make observations or you actually give something or measure something to pregnant women and then get some outcomes. So there are lots of different types of studies. And with those results, then you write a paper, which is a shit tonne of work. uh, And it goes off for review by your peers. So three or four other people who work in your area and they critique your work. How good was your experimental design? Uh, you know what were the limitations in what you did because don't let anybody ever tell you that there are no limitations in science because there are 100 percent are because it's people doing the science so Mm. there are always going to be limitations there is always going to be a an undercurrent or a bias that's running no matter how hard and clean you design things we're all still people so and it's only as good as what we can currently measure which is something else that we'll probably talk about later too.
0: Can I quickly ask is it is it I, I imagine I know the answer, but are you the exception to the... I, don't, I can't imagine many scientists admitting that.
1: Uh, I think it's probably fair that I am slightly unusual in my, <laughs> in my comfort with the fact that, um, I mean, I don't think many scientists would say it's, it's perfect. Uh, but, yeah, I'm very comfortable having that conversation and I think we need to have that conversation. Mm. I think it will actually improve the quality of science. Mm. If we really start to have that conversation, because then collectively we can say, well, what do we actually need to be doing to be improving the quality of the science we're doing? And I can tell you, it's not putting academics under more pressure, having them do more things uh, for less pay, which is actually what's happening in academia right now. Cause it's so, so competitive that people mm. are having to, you know, and that you can see how this starts to get a little bit ugly, right? Mm. People are desperate, right? They've all got lives and mortgages and children and all of those things. And their pay packet depends on their results. Mm. So, you know, you've got to be a pretty incredible person to be able to let some let results come through that completely discount your hypothesis that you've been running for 10, 15, 20, 30 years and admit to the funding bodies, oh, fuck, I was wrong. I've been wrong for 15 years. This mm. is actually what we need to be doing now. That takes incredible bravery uh, yeah. to do that. And I don't know, I get goosebumps when I talk about stuff like that because uh, it doesn't always happen. Yeah, People people run the same narrative even when they know that it's really not the one that's going to get us where we want and in my space, happy, healthy babies and mums.
0: Wow. And I I assume this is a similar, sorry, this is another one of the tangents, but I've just been listening to um, one of my favourite podcasts is a podcast called Business Wars and they usually just pit two different businesses together, you know, like say a Nike versus an Adidas, you know, and you find the ins and outs. And I find that interesting being a competitive person and, you know, Um, and I actually listened to one recently about the recent vaccine wars, which, and I, I, I'm sure you, you will have a wealth of information a lot better than me, but uh, there was a scientist years ago who was studying whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. And she was essentially told by the people she was working for that she had to give up what she was researching because it wasn't earning them money and they would take away all their money and all this kind of stuff. And she said, nah, I, there's something in this, I need to keep doing it. So she basically went from like a top professor or whatever the terminology is back down to the bottom of the rung. But thank God she did because that kicked off what is rolling out globally with the vaccines right now. That's a very Steph Hansen uh, summary of it all, but that seems to me like that's a great recent example.
1: Yeah, that's a great example. And, you know, we see a lot in the field that papers get retracted and Mm. which means they've been published, they've been through peer review, yada, 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 but then somebody at some point picks up one of those papers and notices something and it's discovered that, you know, the scientist manufactured some of their data or something and i don't want to paint the picture that all scientists behave like this and that they do it mm-hmm. deliberately because overwhelmingly in my experience they were good cats busting their ass genuinely trying to improve human health yeah um but it's not a perfect system and you know when i was in there doing doing what we were doing building this cracking cv right uh, and achieving uh things that you know are the they're what you want right so And in in that space, it's, you know, you're starting to do clinical trials. Uh, People are really interested in what you're doing. Uh, You're being invited to speak internationally. You're being approached by pharmaceutical companies who want some of your data. Mm. So, like, I totally made it. And uh, I started to feel really sick because the, the clinical trials that we were being encouraged to do skipped a step. And I know now that the team are doing that step. So I feel I'm really happy that that it ended up going the way that it should have gone. But when I was there, uh, it wasn't. We could not get funding for the, the bridge, the bridge which took us from what we understood in animals and in the laboratory to giving this particular uh, compound to a pregnant woman. There was a bit that we didn't understand and it was what happens normally in a pregnant woman's body uh, mm. to creatine and creatine metabolism. Cause we were studying creatine. It's in, we'll talk about that a bit later too, but there was this part <laughs> that we didn't do that we couldn't get funding for because it was kind of, it wasn't the big ticket science, right? It was mm. just the day-to-day run of the mill. Uh, let's just make sure we're not going to make a mess of things when we go the next step, but that's core to who I am. You've got to get shit right. Let's not rush. Let's actually tick all the boxes, uh, right. which people who know about Eat For You and the food we've made, uh, we've ticked every box. And people often say, man, like there is, you have not taken a single shortcut in this product. You have literally covered everything. And I'm like, well, that, that, that's who I am. I believe that that's what we need to do to really move things forward. We need to be careful and we need to check all of our boxes. Man, like there is so, so much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... I stepped out of the lab. Uh, so, the, the work, I was feeling stressed about the fact that we weren't doing what I really thought we needed to be. But at the same time, there was other stuff running in the lab that the pharmaceutical industries were really interested in. So, I had one of those experiences where I was flown business class uh, to the other side of the world, to one of the big head offices, uh, biggest building I've ever been in in my life, hmm. and sitting down with their scientists and sharing what I knew. Um, And, you know, it was scary and exciting, but
0: I never felt comfortable. How old were you at this point?
1: Uh, How old am I now? 40. I've been out for two and a half years. So it's probably, it was like three and a half years ago. So this is all the very, this is the beginning of the end, mate. This is the beginning of the end. Oh,
0: shit. I didn't know these
1: things were happening. I did not know that these were signs of the end, but my body knew. I, I just didn't. Got it. So I had this opportunity to walk through the hallways with the head of obstetrics and gynecology development at this particular pharma, right? So huge opportunity, like he's, you know, in charge of all of the things that then roll out for pregnant women, whether they're um, supplements, whether they're tests, all this sort of stuff, right? This guy sits across the top of all of that. So I asked him a question that fundamentally changed my life. Uh, and I said to him, what is the process for research and development around product X? I said, you know, it's how do you sort of evolve the product? Because, you know, we're all learning new things. We're doing our research. We make these discoveries. How do you then take that and implement it, roll it out into your products that are already on the shelf that women are buying and taking every day? And he said to me, uh, we don't evolve the product. Why would we? We've captured the market. And, like, that's another one of those goosebump oh. things when I tell people that because uh, that fundamentally changed everything that I believed about everything that I was doing and about my role in being that bread bridge builder, right, from what we understood to what women were doing every day. And I thought that I was contributing to that knowledge base so that these things that women were doing and taking every day were getting better and better and better. As we learned more and more and more, they were just going to keep getting better. And eventually we would have something that... We could all feel really comfortable about because it ticked all the boxes because we knew as much as we could and it was doing the best it could. And I learned that day that that was not the reality. That was not what was happening. And my soul, my spirit broke that day. My body didn't break yet. It took a little bit longer for my for my physical body to break. (laughs) Uh, But that was it. That was the end for me. Um, And it it hurt. It hurt a lot to learn that that way.
0: Because also, during all of your trials and studies and research, from the sounds of things, you were extremely passionate. This wasn't just a job for you. This was, this was a, a pure passion. The rest or to me well, correct me if I'm wrong, but the rest was a byproduct of man, this passion that drove me every day.: And I loved, I loved it. All
1: right. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing quite like uh, making a scientific discovery. So there's this. You know, there is a moment in time, man, like I still get really emotional about this shit because um, I did Mm. it because I loved it, not because it's a (laughs) financially uh, rewarding career, right? Like I just genuinely loved it. So there's this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Women in triathlon. speaking
1: to the converter. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) So, you know, like you design the experiment, like I was telling you, and then you execute the experiment no matter what it Mm. is, and then the results start coming. And do you know what those results are? They are the first pieces of data that anybody has ever had around that question. So nobody knows that except for you in that moment in time. And that is, man, it is such a fucking spin out, right? It's the greatest thing. And as a younger scientist, you get to have the hit two times because you get it personally, wherever, you know, the assay machine drops out or whatever, but then you get to run to your supervisor's office and you get to show them. And so then you have the same thing again. And they're like, and so you have this what does this mean because of course your results never actually tell you what you thought they were going to tell you so it's like a complete <laughs> wow, what does this mean and then you just have so many more questions coming but it's like this forever giving thing so science is pure magic wow. because you really do discover new stuff the broken part is how hard you have to work to hold your seat in that space and the barriers to having it applied to improving the people whose really matter lives and in my case it was mums and babies
0: mm. holy shit okay we'll just let that sink in for a bit and then what so you're sitting in this boss of all sciencey things <laughs> I'm here just to dumb things down for everyone else <laughs> um and you leave pretty pretty Dejected, pretty rejected from the science world. I imagine to it. To a, I was totally to a broken. Um, I mm. left almost completely stealth,
1: and there will still be people in the science space who don't understand what happened. Um, you know, I was was doing it, and I was doing it with a big fucking smile on my face all the time, but my physiology was telling a completely different story. Uh, you know, my periods had stopped. Mm. Uh, I was surviving off caffeine, uh, all these things, right. That until you crash and burn, it's just like, it's just what you do, right. It's just living. It's just, this is what I need to do. I'm a mom. I'm running a lab. I've got a heap of stuff going on. It's just, these are the things. Uh, but eventually your body says, nah, you're not listening. You're not paying attention to me. Uh, try this on for size. And so I sat in my office one day with heart palpitations and like, very aware of the heart pounding in my chest. And uh, Tim's office was just around the corner from mine. And I gave him a, uh, can you come here for a minute? And he said, how long has this been going on for H? And I realized that it had been going on for a really long time, but I had just not sat quietly enough to pick it up. Mm. And so then you start the he still don't consciously go. Oh, your career's broken. You. You go. Oh, you know there must be something wrong with my heart. So then I'm seeing cardiologists and I'm doing all that stuff, right? And so of course the cardiologist says your heart's fine. Yeah, you've got this whole heap of irregular shit going on in your heart, but your heart is physically fine. No one ever used the word stressed, and that is 100% what I was. But that word never came out. It's just my heart was fine. Uh, so then the GP said, "Well, your heart's fine." Uh, You know, my potassium was a bit low. So, you know, that can affect your heartbeat. So we made sure I was eating more potassium. But we never really got to the bottom of it, which was you are fundamentally broken because you are just outside of yourself 100% of the time. So I took some time off, I took three months off, which I could do that on sick pay, because I had never done that before. So I had 15 years of sick pay and the beautiful thing about working in academic institutions is that they accumulate so i had years right so much sick leave so it took three months off and i saw a psychologist because you know there's something wrong with me uh so we went down this you're broken (laughs) how do we fix you right that was my that was my psyche at the time clearly broken you've just got to get fixed because that's who you are so thought your shit out
0: Mm.
1: so three months felt better, came back, and it was grant review time when I came back, which is this horrible thing that we do to each other, which is internally review uh, our grants that are coming, that will be uh, submitted externally and then assessed by our peers, and then we decide whether our work gets funded or not. We all decide whether each other's work gets funded or not. And I've always hated them. Like, I'm the guy crying in this room full of, you know, the senior academics in the department, they're assessing the students and the postdocs and the senior academics. Everyone's equally on the table with their grants, but I'm highly emotional. Again, it's one of these things where I'm like, what is wrong with you, mate? Like no one else is crying in this environment, but look at you. But I I look back now and I go, because it was brutal and it completely ignored me. It completely ignored the human being in here. And it was just about my academic stuff. And, you know, you talk to me about fluff. Right, You've said the word "fluff" fluffy to me several times and that's what that is. That fluffy part, uh, that's the missing piece because that's the you, Steph, part and that's the me, Haley, part. That's who I am, what matters to me, what I do to make myself feel good and how I feel in these environments. So I went back into that, right, terrible timing, went back into grant review. So I lasted about a month and went into a lab meeting one day. I'd been howling out in the corridor late to my lab meeting, walked into a team room full of my, you know, my postdoc and my research nurses and my PhD students and our undergrads, like the whole thing. Right. And I just said, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what that means, but I've got to go. And, you know, I'm crying, but at the same time, I'm thinking, what the fuck are you doing to these people? Because, you know, I'm there, I'm responsible for, the PhD that these students are trying to get and supporting the postdoc who's trying to build her own career and pay, I pay the salary of the RA and the research nurse and all this sort of stuff. And I just walked in completely unprofessionally, completely ignoring all of their needs and just said, i got to go. And I, I just went. And I think I managed to write three emails mm. when I left. One was to my union to say, I'm resigning I have a team of people I need you to tell me what I need to do to look after them but I don't have a lot to give so it's got to be the bare minimum Uh, I emailed two other colleagues and said here's this is where all the stuff is Uh, you guys need to take care of this stuff and I'm out and I was so overloaded with work that the amount of work that I handed over is incomprehensible and I imagine the cost of that was so great in terms of tissue and data because I literally just, I cut and ran. Like I did not round anything out. And in the circle of talking with psychologists, uh, once we had a comfortable relationship, uh, my early psychologist said to me, she said, you behave like a child. She said, you were so broken that you had nothing. You, you could not consider anybody else. You were only You were in survival mode. The only thing, that's all you could do. That is all you could do Mm. at the time. It's impressive that you even sent those three emails. You cared enough to say, this is going to hurt these people. You need to help me help them, but I really can't do anything, so can you kind of help them? Um, But she said, you behave like a child. And you'll be pleased to know, though, during my psychological development, I got to the point where I was behaving like an adolescent. So I learned some stuff. Look out. (laughs) So it was really heavy. And you know what? I didn't like get out of my job and start feeling awesome. I slipped
0: yeah. a long
1: way down. Uh, yeah, Deeper than uh, I could ever have imagined going really. And, you know, so deep that wow. GPs are like, mate, you need to take the edge off. You need to take some medical intervention here. You need to take something just to take the edge off. Because you're putting yourself under more stress, stress and pressure trying to solve this yourself. But that's not who I am. Right. Uh, I knew that if I had taken something, an antidepressant, for example, I for me, this is for me, right? And there are lots of different ways to go sure. about recovering from these things and. I don't want anyone to feel like, well, the Mm -hmm. doctor said don't take them, so don't take them. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. I know lots of people who do take them, it was the right thing for them to do. For me, to have taken Mm -hmm. them would have taken away the I can do this myself element. It would have been, well, you didn't get better, mate. It was the medication that helped you get better. And that's just then a shitty script for me to run. That's the sort of script that runs for me. Um, So I didn't do it. And so Mm -hmm. that meant my recovery recovery did is taking a really long time um you know I was the guy rocking in the wardrobe like physically in my wardrobe rocking and my partner Tim would come in and go H what what what's going on like what can I do for you and I just howling I I don't know I, I don't know who I am anymore if I can't do that if I can't be that science guy I'm I'm nothing because that's who I was. Mm. I was so intertwined. My identity was so deeply intertwined with being a scientist that I did not know what life looked like without it.
0: Wow. But I'm here, right? So clearly I like, came out of the hole, mate. You are. Um the, the conversation I didn't know that we had to have. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Totally, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I I mean, I've got so many questions about so many things, but before I start asking more questions, actually, this is a question. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, before I ask a question, I'm going to ask a question. Um, Are you, I don't know if K-Max told you, but are you aware that, and I don't think to quite the same degree, but I had a, what I call a meltdown very similar. I did not know that. I to what you've talked that. about. So I would like to say that I can appreciate everything that you said, um, from a different, from a different world, experiencing very similar things. Um, so everything that you spoke about resonated with me. Um, I, it's funny. I uh, after I started to feel a bit better, I wrote an article about it to put it on WitsUp, and at the time I was like, this has got nothing to do with triathlon. But as the years have gone by, WitsUp's evolved into I believe we have a platform to be able to discuss all these kind of things um, that affect everyone. But obviously, we speak a lot to women. Uh, and I feel like I need to use that platform for these kind of conversations. Uh, so that's where it all sort of started with me. So in the triathlon world, anyone who, you know, knows me in the triathlon world knows that that kind of happened to me as well. And I, oh, I was terrified of hitting publish on that one. Um, but I hit publish, went for a walk on the beach, came back and was just inundated with messages, which was amazing, but also anxiety still kept going through the roof because I was like, I can't do all this as well. Um, so, yeah, mate, I can I can totally appreciate everything that you have been talking about. Um, I'm really sorry that you went through it, but I assume we probably think quite similarly in that it was the thing that had to happen for us to... I don't know. And I know you hate reptiles, but to shed that old skin, <laughs> you know, and, and, and move forward and, and learn a lot about ourselves. And cause like you say, and I was, I was exactly the same. Um, and I know that I'm teetering on that edge again right now. And I know that Kendall's checking in with me all the time cause she can see it. Um, but yeah, like if you can't, if your brain can't if your brain's not listening to your body, eventually the body will just go, uh uh-uh, uh, we're done. And we'll just shut it, shut things down. And it sounded like that happened to, to quite a large extent for you. That hole seemed pretty it was big. It a big hole.
1: Uh, I'm so glad you shared your story. And I guess what I hope that it did, and I think by the response that you got, uh, is that it starts to make it okay for other people to say, I'm broken, breaking think I might be about to break because Mm. we can't stop this shit if we don't know that it's happening and we don't talk about it. If we need to learn from each other. I mean, the things that happened before you broke Steph are the things that people need to understand because they're the things that we need to start paying attention to because it's a really long, slow, hard crawl out of the hole. Uh, If we Mm -hmm. can, say, yes, I fell in the hole and yes, I climbed out. And so if you do fall in, it's okay, because you can get out. But before I fell in the hole, there were actually half a dozen things that I could and that were my body saying, mate, the fact that you need to have three or four cups of coffee a day to get through your day is a pretty clear indication that you're not functioning, you're not at your best. So these are the things. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's something that we could think a little bit more about. Steph, what were the things that happened before you fell off the edge of the cliff? Because that's, that's where the power is because that's where we start to save other people from having those declines. Mm-hmm. But having said all of that, I 100% agree with you that it was the, for me, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because that mm. uh, I untangled my identity from my work although the, the team might argue that I have now just uh, entangled my identity into the new version of my working. But the difference is this work is built around my core values. And I didn't know what they were mm-hmm. until they weren't being met. And then all of a sudden you're like, this doesn't, this doesn't work for me. Why doesn't that work for me? And my psychs would say, well, because you're very values driven. Be like, what? Well, and so they, they needed to articulate that shit for me. I just, I didn't know those things about myself. It, it, it was me, but it's just, it wasn't a language that I had. And that's the other thing I've really learned. It's just not mm. language that I have. You know, there's these beautiful emotion wheels. Have you ever seen them? Man, I'm going to send it to you. No. So there's like this inner wheel of, of emotions and there's like eight of them. And they're the ones that we would be pretty comfortable with. Anger, sadness, happy, you know, the, the, the words that we all use a lot. And then there's another edge of emotions that fall within the same Pie section but there's more of them and I'm still learning the language and I'm not even going to be able to give you one example of what's in the next wheel but then there's a whole nother wheel a whole nother layer of emotions as well and then you start to get much more articulate around what the real emotion is because we're not usually just angry there's usually other things that have got us to that but that's the only language we have to describe the feeling so language mm-hmm. development I mean I don't know about you but my parents didn't have the language either so I just didn't
0: grow up talking about my feelings. <laughs> 100%. Like, I, yeah, I, I still don't. I'm actually, I'm a lot better, definitely a lot better, but it still makes me feel icky. I, I'm not going to lie. Or I apologise yeah, for Yeah, because you're making something. other I people know. feel uncomfortable. Um, you're making them feel stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, feelings. But I think that's also where, when I, and we joke, where the whole term fluffiness comes from for me because... I, um, I have never been in tune with um, uh, ho- hormones and, and feelings and whatnot. And I always just thought that was a like a decision that you made. Like you, you choose to be this or that, or, but there's actually a, a very physical thing happening in your body called yeah. hormones and whatnot. And you'll probably have a much better s- scientific way of explaining it than what I would, but that's why I like, I, and we said this on the phone last night, that's why I always used to call it fluff because I could never attach it to something that truly made sense yeah. to me.
1: And you know what? That's not your fault. That is the fault of us not actually being taught how our bodies work.
0: Mm. Oh yeah. Let's rip all the systems apart. Right, education. Oh, it's okay.
1: Let's Go. Start. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely you, but, right yeah. though. Like we don't talk about female physiology. Yeah. We don't learn about that. Even our care providers don't really learn about that. Right? Like there's this tiny little unit that is female physiology, but the core uh, human that medical practitioners uh, learn about is a 70 kilo male. So that is what, that is what medicine is built on.
0: White male, right? I bet, as well. I mean, God, let's, let's do the patriarchy all around. <laughs> Please excuse this very brief interruption. I'm just here to say, if you are not already a WitsUp Patreon member, please consider signing up. It really helps us out and supports WitsUp to continue to bring you powerful narratives of women in sport. Just click the link in the description below uh, or just simply go to patreon.com slash WitsUp. That's patreo dot com slash WitsUp. And I assume you know how to spell WitsUp. Uh, okay, back to the podcast. I have, a, I have a feeling. You know what we need to do, Doc? We, I feel like people listening are all nodding, taking yeah. notes. I feel like we, because obviously we could talk forever, but we can't because um, no. we've both got things to do. But this, we need to turn this into some kind of a series and even get people to come up with topics or yeah. you and I can and we'll get you back on as a regular guest. Um, Let's do that. Yeah? Yeah. I just I, I don't know. I think your brain and your insights need to be picked more and i'm i'm here for the picking
1: cool and you know the cool thing about it too if if we don't already know the answers we can find them because i have uh, that beautiful science training that allows me to get in there and not get hoodwinked by all of the bullshit
0: yeah but also not have the ego to be scared of admitting that you don't have the answers <laughs> you know oh, I- no. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people who I deal with or I've dealt with in the past do have that ego. Whereas I, and i again, I'll, I'll kind of dumb it down, but I, I have no fear of looking like an idiot. I, I don't care about asking questions because I love, like, this is the my favorite part of my job is just asking questions and helping mm. tell stories, whether it be with a doc or an athlete or, yeah. or whoever. Um, what, yeah. Why? Like it, it all comes from a, great place it, it comes from a, a a real innocent um curious place but that's where we get answers from that's ha- that's science right you, you you ask a question and then you go out and find the answer
1: yeah yeah 100%. 100% what are we talking about uh series that's how you got to that oh yeah we'll do that because we keep yep. talking about way too many things That's the problem
0: yeah I don't know where I want this to go back to
1: <laughs> where were we before that uh emotion language I, I,
0: yeah I like that trying to find the language for um like even when I when I got really sick it's even when I tried to find the answers um well a I definitely buried my head in the sand for quite some time but then when I tried to find the answers I I had no thank god for someone like a Kendall and another mate of mine Katie um, who's very passionate about the stuff that we're talking about right now. Uh, otherwise, the people, the professionals who I paid money to go and see, to, like I had a doctor say, oh, you just like your your pot's boiled over. So you just need to relax. And I'm like, I don't, you know, like, how do you know to where, where to even start when that's the response you get from the doctor that's meant to know you the best? I understand that a GP doesn't know everything but they're your point of call in my opinion correct again correct me if i'm wrong to say this is the kind of person you need to go and speak to and and i didn't even get that and so i was like what what the fuck this is all yeah what the fuck yeah look my
1: gp experience was slightly better uh than yours but my gp apologized for me at one point uh and said look i know you probably don't want to hear this but you really need to be thinking about your exercise and your diet. And I said, why wouldn't I want to hear about that? I said, yes, like bring it, right? Like that's the good. Yes. She said, you know, well, most people don't really want to be reminded that they need to have a healthy balanced diet and they need to move their bodies. I was like, but Because I knew that like that, I know that shit's important. I need you to help me because that's the stuff I've been fucking up for ages. Mm. I haven't been moving my body properly and I've been surviving off caffeine. Like, yes, we need to have a conversation about what's going into my body and how much I'm not moving it. Mm. But it was like, she was uncomfortable having that conversation because it's just, it's so unusual. It's just not the dialogue.
0: And, and I've just had a, a bit of a light bulb moment. Do you feel like that's because um, every, everyone across any industry is looking for a quick fix or things to happen immediately? So give me a pill for this or do this or do that, whatever it might be, health or, or whatever. Um, social media, for example, we want instant gratification about the photo that we posted. It's it's yeah. everything needs to be instant. So when She's just saying, well, I, I, I can't give that to you. And I know the, eight, the old exercise, eat healthy is boring and it's not immediate. So, but yeah. going back to what we first started with this conversation um, and I'm having all these little mini re- revelations as we talk, but you talked about the animals and what, what do they do to survive? They move, they eat, um, whatever that might be. Um, yeah. Take it I- back to basics. Exactly. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, mm-hmm. she was offering me the, the silver bullet too. She was offering me mm-hmm. uh, medication and, you know, she knew that I didn't want to go hardcore. So there were softer alternatives, you know, mm-hmm. supplements that are designed to support, you know, mental health. They made me feel like shit. So I stopped taking mm-hmm. them too. Um, I took them back into her and I said, <laughs> you can use these as samples or something. I don't want these. <laughs> Uh, no. And so I did. I really went back to first principles, uh, the really basic, boring, boring yeah. stuff. But yeah. the other thing I did was Chinese medicine, which, oh, yeah. you know, acupuncture, uh, herbs. And so that through acupuncture, I managed to get my period back under control. So what, uh-huh. a, a, in addition to seeing a cardiologist, I also started seeing a gynecologist because, you know, period stopping, bit of pain, not great not normal, 100% not normal. So any shit going on down there, anything that feels uncomfortable, painful, uh, unusual, man, you've got to see the doctor and you don't leave the room until there is something being done because for too long, Steph, women have just been told it's just normal periods are painful suck it up. And that is fundamentally untrue. Uh, it is a mm. core part of our physiology and if, if your period is painful or different, it's your body's way of saying, hello, there's something going on here. I need mm. some help. So uh, slight rant, slight segue, but Chinese but medicine. I'm right?
0: making a note because yeah. it's probably still something I need to do is ask more questions, to be honest. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a really, you know, people refer to it as your fifth vital sign. Like it's a beautiful uh, picture into how your body's functioning. Mm. So gynecologist there were cysts on my ovary um and you know the the standard <laughs> route for that did not appeal to me in any way so i respectfully declined and chinese medicine which is interesting right like that starts to tell you something about who i am because here i am i grew up in hardcore western medicine and research that was mm. my core business but then when my own health took a turn those options didn't appeal to me And so this is where that whole values thing started to come in for me. I was living this life. I was seeking this thing that actually didn't even fundamentally believe in. It didn't align with who I was. So Chinese medicine, uh, you know, it's been around since like the dawn of time. (laughs) And so acupuncture, herbs, cysts gone, period back, giddy man. So like life-changing stuff. Mm. Uh. You know, I see the same practitioner. I still see them now. I've been there for, you know, however long it's been two and a half years or something. I just go in now for monthly maintenance and, you know, I'm doing my grad dip at the moment, right? Cause you know, we're not busy enough. So I'm doing my grad dip in human nutrition, nearly finished. Like I've got like four weeks to go, but the start of this trimester, we had a conversation and I said, I'm worried that I'm going to lose my head because it's four units this trimester. It's a, it's a lot. And she said, great, well, we'll just see you every two weeks. And so We've just been having needles every two weeks and it has literally kept my head on my shoulders during an incredibly stressful, you know, three full-time job kind of version of life. I've managed to, you know, I've lost my shit a couple of times. I'm not going to sit here and pretend. (laughs) (laughs) But mostly, mostly it's been pretty good. So I don't know if you want tips from me, but mate, I would 100%. I'm going to be finding you a a Chinese medicine practitioner in your area because,
0: man. Well so that that is another thing that I did. And a, a, yeah, a friend of mine actually because I refused. I was just like which doctor What's that alternative shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A- and I'd had acupuncture before, but it was termed dry needling because it was more of like a it's physio totally different approach. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um and yeah, she she actually just bought me a session and just, just you have to turn up because I was like I'm not wasting money on that. It's just not yeah yep totally and yep. I even walked in I was like oh god incense and nonsense and shit and yeah and uh but the woman that I saw she was a bit of a hard ass as well which I then I respected a bit more and she she actually called me out on a lot of my shit just a lot down to things like using humor as a um you know as a um mm, as a mask totally yeah. yeah um and yeah, anyway, so and, and she definitely, definitely helped me. Um, yeah, that took a long time to admit as well because I was just like, God, but also because it's you don't rough. see it immediately. So you're like, oh, I've tried it twice, it hasn't worked. Whereas oh. if I go get a massage, I feel it, you know, straight away, I start to feel, but then you're back again next week because it didn't actually do anything. It just again asked what was going on.
1: And if you take a pill, you feel better straight away too. And that's the problem, right? That's. Mm. The body healing itself, which is the only true solution to any of the things that ail us, Mm. it takes time. Mm. It it legitimately takes time. And not all practitioners are as great as one another. So Mm. if it doesn't feel right with your practitioner, don't give up on the intervention. Just find a different person. Find Mm. somebody who does speak your language and make you feel good. Mm. But really healing, Steph, like really dealing with the shit that those scripts that we run, uh, it takes a really long time. Mm. I think I've made I've come to the conclusion for me that that this will be my full-time thing I'm never going to be able to park acupuncture I'm never going to be able to go okay I'm fixed I'm done I don't need yeah. you equally with my psych I might reduce the frequency with which I talk to her but mm. she's always going to be there because these are my you know that's my support team
0: now yeah yeah okay? yeah it's it's maintenance for, for no not Management, yeah. maintenance. Management, Management, maintenance.
1: I think it's the same. I think it's both. And it's yeah. a prevention of that prevention. decline that is inevitable, right? Because we're living in a world <laughs> that is really hard to mm. to live in. If you're, if you're paying attention, uh, there's a lot of shit happening and none of it feels very good. Mm. And I think to think that you can feel really great in that environment all the time, is hopelessly naive mm-hmm. and we need help. We need help to go, yes, that shit's really shit, but you just need to come back into your space right now and mm. manage your own shit for a bit. Mm.
0: I, I know that you're speaking to me, but I feel like you're really speaking to me <laughs> right now. I just um, had four days away with friends for my 40th and I felt happy for the first time in two years I reckon yeah but it was yeah
1: you've got a young child right uh that fundamentally changes our life on every measure yeah and what we don't do very well is uh nurture mothers through that Mm. we just expect them to know what the fuck to do Mm. and to keep doing all the things you were doing before plus be responsible for another human being.
0: Mm.
1: And, you know, and let's go back to the animals, mate, because you've been loving that and it makes perfect <laughs> sense again, right? Where, where does that ever happen? That a mother and her cub, infant, whatever, and the, the male partner, he may or may not be there depending on the species, when are they ever alone, right? Like you don't do mm. that alone. You're a part of a community, particularly mm. our closest ancestors, particularly apes and gorillas and those sorts of things. They live as a big community. And so, you know, the grandparents are there just as much as the parents. And we we don't have that anymore. Mm. We don't have that nurturing. We don't get to see the older generation and how they behave with the new generation. We don't get to learn that way. We just have to somehow have remembered it from what our parents did. Mm. And just like learn from blogs and stuff like that. And Man, like that's that's just not really how you learn that kind of stuff. Mm. It's hands on. It's having your mum there going, hey, that's not how you do that. But mm. for some reason, and I imagine you're kind of like it because I was totally like it. I was like, totally got this. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a woman. I've just had the baby. That's what I'm built to do. But there are learned skills involved in all of those things. Mm. And, you know, when I had Cody Pop, my mum didn't really tell me very much. And I think, Part of that was because I was a scientist, right? So there's this misnomer that I, she, mum could not possibly have taught me anything that I didn't already know. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a reproductive physiologist, like, come on. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Bullshit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember mum saying one day, well, yeah, you know, we used to feed you brains and kidneys and stuff. And I was like, what? She said, yeah, like, that's, that's what we did. That's just, that's what happened. Because I was, I was getting up on my high horse about how nutritionally valuable these things are, right? And I love that your reaction because that's everybody's reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Awful is really difficult to get your head around. But it's super, super nutritious. And I said, but mum, why didn't you say something to me? Like, I didn't feed Cody any of that stuff. And now I'm pissed because I would have if I had understood now, well, then what I understand now, like that totally would have been part of Cody's diet. So there's like this... I was responsible for that, though, right? I was the guy who put up the.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I got this. Yep. I mean, I lost my marriage because I had this, right? You oh know, shit! I, you know, like long, long time ago. Oh, good. But that was like, <laughs> all good. I'm so dismissive of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so Jake Cody's dad and I separated when Cody was two and a half, and so that predated by a few years, by four and a half years, the mental breakdown. So, but I didn't process my divorce, right? Like I was in the lab the whole time. Too busy, yeah. Too busy, mate. Like, yeah, my marriage has gone to shit because we're completely ineffective at communicating with with each other. My expectations are over here. uh, His are over here and we're not communicating. So he's just letting me down, like just constantly letting me down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel shit for that now. Not that I think that Jake and I, could have and should have stayed together like you know we've come far enough now that we're both in a great place in new relationships and everything's great and Cody's mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. but you do reflect and go man like you you were not your best mm-hmm. you were not your best in that in that time and it was the new child it was the fact that we didn't go whoa there's a whole new person here taking up all of our time mm-hmm. and there is no Hayley and Jake time it's just mm-hmm. but we didn't even talk about it. So. It's just this resentment builds and builds and builds and builds. So it comes back to that language. We don't know how to talk to each other. We don't know how to express what's happening. Yeah. And some people do. Some people can. Kendall's mm. a fantastic linguist, right? She <laughs> knows how to say stuff. And it's brilliant, which is why you go to her when the shit hits the fan. And she's on my phone. She and I speak for hours now. Just, yeah. And I swear we just go over the same shit over and over. But it's just helping me find the words to explain
0: What's going on for me yeah we we, we call it being Kendallized but because before you know it she's and how does that make you feel or whatever she says and you're like you're 10 minutes and you're like oh my god how did this even happen <laughs> she's brilliant at it she is brilliant at it yeah should we go back to kendall how i yeah. met her <laughs> I think that's how we started yeah. Let, okay. So we'll do a full circle. So everyone who's still listening to us, um, waffle. Uh, no, I shouldn't say waffle on because all of this is fucking gold. Um, You'll be able to trim
1: it up, mate. You'll be able to trip it up.
0: No, nah, I don't do any editing. It's much like this is the real me. Much like the podcast, it's zero editing other than that Amazing. space in the middle. Amazing. Well, I just I like yeah, it. I want I want this I want this podcast to feel like you're in the room. Uh, Enjoying a chat conversation with us, like that's just the way I want people to feel about this. I don't want it overproduced. Uh, besides, I don't have time for all that shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we get to the
1: truth. No, I love it. I agree with
0: you on all fronts. It's good. Yeah, yeah. So let let's yeah. How how did you meet Kendall? And then I think um, I'd like to. I, I really want to. I guess end this episode because you're definitely coming back, whether you like it or not. Maybe after you finished your um, dip. Ed, graduate. grad, whatever it is, yep. uh, <laughs> um, where you're at now in terms of what you're doing with Eat For You um, yep. and how that, who, who you are as a person and how it's all intertwined now because I'm really interested to get your view on that. So awesome. KMAC. KMAC. So yeah. I met
1: Kendall at, at Endota, which is, so hmm. the CEO of Endota had her, her children went to the same school as Cody Pop. So, so sorry, you know, just quickly, I,
0: this is a global platform. Indota is just Australian, right? So yeah, yep. Yeah. So Indota is a, you say, a... day spa.
1: It's a day spa. Day spa. Uh, Mal, the founder, started it nearly 20 years ago. She's got 115 sites around the country. It's a beautiful place to go for fluff and i only staying. use the word fluff because i'm on steph's podcast <laughs> uh, it's beautiful right uh it creates an environment that encourages those things that steph defines as fluff uh rest relaxation uh reconnection with yourself and mel create has created a beautiful uh business around people being their best that is that is her fundamental that is her core message mm-hmm. so i went in uh you know i've always been pretty open about the burnout i figure It's happening and I'm shit liar. I'm shit at hiding things. Uh, you can see it all over my face all the time. So
0: Actually with with my burnout, sorry, just quickly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um people, well, one particular person spotted it through my photos on Instagram because all of a sudden I started posting black and white photos and she texted me, yeah, and was like, yeah, okay. And that's when I started talking about it. Pretty, pretty, int- pretty insightful from my yeah, mate, wasn't it? it was very, very really? interesting. Anyway, sorry, I just, that's I awesome. love that story because I think it's, I think that's um, pretty, pretty powerful from uh, her point of view. That's for sure. It is, and
1: that just tells you that some people are
0: really attuned mm. to those sorts of things, whereas
1: people like yourself and I, are we're not learning, so much. work in progress, new language. Agreed, <laughs> I like it. So the, you know, the school mums knew that I wasn't working anymore, and. Mal and I spent a day together doing the Mother's Day lunch and, you know, we're cleaning up after, well after the event had finished cleaning up. And we both kind of said, well, you know, you've got to leave things better than you found them. And so it's just little things like that where you go, huh, you're my person. You're a CEO of a massive company. But at this level, we're just, mm. we get it, right? The same things are important. So Mal's very smart and sees a, an opportunity <laughs> when it presents itself. So. She said to me, I wonder if you might like to come and do some work at Endota. We've been looking for somebody to work with us to develop a range of skincare products for pregnant women and their babies. Uh, what do you think? And one of the things that people say to you when you go through a massive life change like I did is to not, not make any big decisions. Just Just stay in the healing, taking it easy, It had only been, it had been not very long. Mm. I don't even think I'd officially finished my sick leave rollout of Monash, but I knew I was never going back. And I said, okay, (laughs) okay. Having never had anything to do with skincare uh, or developing a product. So full disclosure, I had no idea what I was doing. Mel knew that I didn't know what I was doing, but. That's so cool. She knew that I was a scientist. She knew that I was a good person and that was it.
0: Figure out the rest. Love man. It. figure Love the it. rest out, right?
1: So I spent a year at Endoda uh working with the product development team. And together we developed this beautiful organic range of skincare products that uh tick all the boxes, right? So, you know, they are pH balanced because of course pH is critical to uh, our skin health because that's how the microbes survive. If you change the pH of your skin, then you end up with different microbes living on your skin and that's why you end up with, you know, eczema and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we created these things that scientifically uh, were were really powerful. And then, you know, so I had to learn a whole heap of stuff about different components that go into skincare. So they're these beautiful, simple, uh, clean skincare but at Endota was Kendall and so KMAC was the head of internal communications at, at Endota had been there for a long time and I'll, she tells a different story about how we met and I'll let her do it because of course you know she tells such a great story but KMAC would talk to me about things that mattered to her and one of the things that really uh aligned for us was children's birthday parties and yep the fact that we do this horrible thing where we serve all of this high sugar, low nutrient, energy dense food. And then, so the kids are just like rampant, crazy things. And then we send them home with a bag full of more of that stuff and say, see you later. I've Mm -hmm. just, I've just loaded your kid up with a whole heap of toxic crap. Um, Thanks for bringing them and good luck. Right? Like it just, it's like, really shit it's a really shit thing we do this silly thing as humans where we celebrate with things that actually don't serve us well Mm -hmm. so K came and I were like oh my god like I've never met anybody who's so happy to rage about kids food at parties so Kendall doesn't do that I don't do that there are things that kids enjoy at the party but it's not just a chip fairy bread lolly party pie fest like there's actual Mm. things that come direct from mother nature veggies and stuff like that anyway so we connected Kendall's an incredible communicator and so you know she's she does this right and you don't even know it's happening no but you learn things about yourself that you did not even know because of the way that woman asks her questions
0: she's the master of it yep yep it's awesome so anyway I spent my
1: year in Endota and could have stayed on for longer but I was getting itchy feet and I was uh it just wasn't where I was going to be forever Mm. During the year, the endote year, I had had, actually before that even, I'd had the idea of Eat for Baby, which was what Eat for You started as, which was Mm -hmm. this need to get back to basics for pregnant women and this need for nutritious, safe, delicious food. Because, you know, we have all this conversation around these foods that women shouldn't be eating because of the fear Mm -hmm. of salmonella and listeria and E. coli. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, why don't we just, my first thought though really was, what if we just give women supplements that better supply what they need because of course you needs need to change over pregnancy so i was like if mm. we just plugged in some that changed and then i was like nah, that's just not it that's just not it it's got to be done with food and so as i'm recovering i'm ticking away at this idea building an advisory board of ex-colleagues and all that kind of stuff and then launched oh. eat for baby at the start of well, you know i launched it on instagram but you know, that's just me trying to secure the handle, right? Then my sister-in-law, Allie, is incredible in the kitchen. So we start developing recipes, but shit's really slow. And then COVID hit. So we felt like we needed to do something. So we launched an ebook from our recipes. Oh, and then yes. the, the proceeds of that then allowed us to make the hero ball, which we then donated to emergency services workers and healthcare workers and stuff. The people had to keep turning up, right? You know, we had the privilege of just having to do our work from home, whereas these guys had to go out and face just so much uncertainty that we were like, we need to do something for these people. So we made them food. And that kind of really started this giving element of Eat For You, which is ripe and Kendall's favourite part of Eat For You, where we literally, the truth is right now, we give away more than we sell because it just feels so damn good. And I fundamentally believe that you need to build things the way you want them to be in the end. And so if yeah. we had built it in this, way, well, we need to make the profit before we can donate the profit, you build your business in a way that doesn't actually align with the way you want it to operate. So, you know, the accountant doesn't love that. Yeah.
0: That's why I didn't have an accountant when I started WitsUp. Up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But But we love that. We love that. And you love that. And other people love that. So that's what we do. We make organic whole food stuff. It's not just for pregnant women. It's for everybody, Uh, but it's safe for pregnant women. So we do this ridiculous thing that nobody else does. But again, it was essential for me. We test everything. So when we're developing a recipe, we're testing for toxins and contaminants and stuff that should never be in our food system. But is sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, and we test for nutrients so that when you look at that nutrition information panel, the amount of fibre or protein or selenium or whatever that we tell you is in there is actually in there. Mm. And lots of people don't understand that that's that's a a novel concept, (laughs) but that nutrition panel usually doesn't mean anything. It's an estimate from a database of old ingredients that is just super shit.
0: I didn't know that. Super shit. I feel like that is leading on to our next discussion. <laughs> That's the next podcast. We definitely don't have time for that now.
1: Um, <laughs> We've already gone way over time. It's 2.33. Yes,
0: yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, def- I definitely have to go in a few minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. Good. Uh, um, okay. So right now, Eat for you. So, eat for you is essentially you've got a couple of bars on the ro- roster. Yep. Yep. Um, the Lemmy and the uh, Hero Bar, right? Yep. Yep. Hero Bar is my favourite because it's the closest to chocolate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not. The, I'm not the only one that says that. You're not. Do you um, like chocolate and orange? Oh, is this an exclusive? Like it's that's coming. the next one coming. That's I one. do.
1: Yeah, it's a hero. It's the same, but it's got the orange. It's my favorite. It's so
0: excellent. Good. Oh, because the hero's is peppermint, isn't it? Chalk peppermint. Chalk peppermint. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. So those bars that are out there at the moment. Yep. W- pitch it to me. Like those bars are for who and when. Like why? Why should you be eating those bars? And this isn't. Um, well, we're going to get to that later as well because we. Myself and Witsup will be working closely with Eat For You um, and we'll explain that later. But this is what you're passionate about. This is where all of all of those years in the lab, um, the shitty conversation with Ol Mate in the US. Um, do you love how I'm wrapping up your life story? Um, <laughs> but it's but it's it's all the years have come to, to, to this bar. And I'm I'm not putting you into this, like packaging you just into a bar, but this is your passion. This is your value system. Uh, This is everything right now for you. So spruik it. Tell me. So
1: it's an organic bar made out of only whole food ingredients. So there's no parts of food. It's just food. So (laughs) dates and seeds and nuts. Uh, But if you look at other snack bars, there'll be stuff in there that you don't recognize. And I just Mm -hmm. think that's ridiculous. Uh, Mm -hmm. We need to be eating food, uh, not parts of food. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also for people who care about the environmental implications of what they're doing. So uh, the bars are wrapped in home compostable packaging. So you just throw it in your home compost. Uh, And even if you don't have a home compost and you put it in your rubbish, you're making a face that makes me me think that maybe you didn't know that. If you put it it in your landfill, which you might have done, it will break down in there too. It's better in the compost. We all should be composting way more than we do. But uh, so, you know, and it's for people who want truth and honesty and integrity in their food. And so that's why we do all the testing so that you know that what you're eating uh, is actually giving you something that is good for you. Yeah. And it's for people who want to eat food that tastes like food and tastes really good. So yeah. Ellie, our recipe developer, is phenomenal. But the final decision maker about when our food is ready for production Is my nephew Jordan, and right, right. So she will keep making things until Jordan says, "Can you make that again?" That's our that's our key. That's when we go, "Okay, here we've got something." Right.
0: That's so so fucking cool. I love that.
1: Yeah. So we just make good food, mate, and because making an organic, home compostable, fully tested, uh, all of the things bar is not super cheap. It, it creates a product that is at a price bracket that is not achievable for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so to overcome that uh, as best we can for now, I mean, I think let me say two things here. One is I think that those of us that can afford to be buying those foods must because mm-hmm. it then starts to change the conversation about how our food is produced mm-hmm. um, because, of course, you know, we want to be producing our food in such a way that it's not contaminated with things, that it is not destroying the planet, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think it's important if you can, you should, and not just mine. I don't mean just buy it for you food, but if you can buy those products that are developed in such a way that they align with the sustainability of this planet, um, I think you need to. But because because we wanted to p- produce that product that ticked all the boxes, it meant that there's a whole heap of people for whom I'm cutting out of access to my food and that just mm. that didn't sit well for me either so mm. one thing is our ebooks and so we provide in there recipes for lots of things but also our bars so if you cannot afford to buy my bar at the you know your local richie's or you know the bulk food store or wherever our bars are or via the yeah. website you can make it at home yourself so i want you to i want everybody to be able to eat this good food
0: you do. So- this it's the Colonel's Secret Spices, not to compare you to junk food, but
1: Yeah, it's the Colonel's Secret Spices. And, you know, again, you know, like I said, the accountant wasn't happy before. Well, other bis- the day that we did that, I got a lot of text messages, right, from people who've run businesses the traditional way for a long time. And they were like, mate, take that shit down. <laughs> what are you doing? And I said, there is no value in this recipe for any other business now because it is public, right? So it's just open source now. Everybody knows it's mine or ours, but if the people don't have access to the knowledge that people like myself and my team have, I'm not doing my job properly. And I think that's a key part of the conversation. We need to do things fundamentally differently and giving people access to good food, like that's that's not a privilege. That's something that everybody should have. So that's why they get those recipes and we donate food. So half of our profits are committed to giving food to people who otherwise don't have access to good food. So, you know, KMAC's work with some beautiful shelters of stuff for people who are homeless up around the Sunshine Coast area. Mm-hmm. And things that they say to her um, really remind us of why we're doing what we're doing. You know, they say, mm. I just don't think you understand what you're doing here. You're not just providing us with your out-of-date food or, you know, crappy old packaged food. You're mm. genuinely nourishing people who don't otherwise get much nourishment. Not through just food. Not just through food, Mm. right? And so this is why we do what we do. And it remains to be seen whether this is a long-term viable business model, but I'm going to fight tooth and nail to prove that it absolutely is and that this is the way the world needs to operate because it feels so good. And I mean, surely that's what it's all about, right?
0: You are fucking awesome. Uh, like it just, I don't know. I think it takes a very strong person to have gone through what you've gone and still coming out of the other side for yourself personally, but then to take those learnings and on many levels, I'm not just talking about food. I'm not just talking about um, a, a depression, it, all the things. You've thought about everything on every single different level and it's all about giving back to people you don't even know yeah it's pretty amazing you're pretty you're pretty awesome I knew you were awesome before but (laughs) yeah yeah this chat's been next level it's so it's I don't know the world needs more humans like you thanks mate I
1: work from the heart I use the brain a lot but uh, ultimately I lead from the heart you know
0: use the brain but lead from the heart Ooh. I feel like a person at any time. Well, I feel like the person who writes the descriptions for our podcast is going to have some <laughs> absolute cracking quotes to pull from this. That's for sure. Brilliant. Um, hey, I'm really sorry to cut this short uh, to you, but also to people who are listening because I'm sure they want more. Um, I want more. We've made the decision. This is going to be an ongoing thing. We just need to, you know, figure out what different thing maybe we need some structures so that we don't take an hour and a half per episode um but just so um hopefully, well I think I can say this but Wits Up and myself are coming on board as would we say eat for you ambassadors I like yeah. that word yeah. yeah um to to well to help spread the message but also just well to spread the messages that we've just talked about um but it's, it's, for me, I've got lots of learnings that I, I will talk about, but it's really nice to have someone with your brain leading from your heart to back those messages as well, you know, because um, yeah. I think that also will encourage people who used to think like me to get on board as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with thinking the way you think, thought right Mm. it's not
1: about oh you need to change it's just there are other things you know the thing that I learned at Indota, I just was exposed to things that I had never been exposed to before Mm. you know these there was one day I know we're supposed to be rounding this out but one day I arrived in the office and there's this woman wandering around she's got like this smoking stick and she's like going around the room she's opening up the cupboards in each cupboard and I'm like she doing that? like seriously like what is she doing and i don't remember who i asked but they're like she's smudging i was like what she's clearing the energy I was like what what does that mean right but you know whether you believe in that or not it actually doesn't matter joe believed in it and it mattered to her that she was moving into a new part of the office and she wanted to clear the energy for herself yeah so that she could then settle in and make that space feel like her own. And my partner, Tim, always says to me, H, I don't care what you do. It doesn't matter what you do so long as you don't cause any harm to anybody else. Mm. And so I think this fluff that we worry about and don't understand, A, there's just about getting in there and exposing yourself to it because you'll totally learn something new. And B, just sometimes it's just about observing what others do and Mm. go, well, that's cool for you. Okay. I may or may not ever consider doing that, (laughs) but that's cool for you. And I learned something new. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I like it. I I like it. Something
1: new. Yeah.
0: Learning's fun. (laughs) It is. It's
1: less fun when you've got a super tight deadline and four assignments to do in the next three weeks. But (laughs) yeah.
0: Wrap it up. so as an ambassador, I will be leaving a link in the description of this episode. If people purchase through that link, um, part of the proceeds will go to a charity of my choice. That's right, yeah? That's how this bit yeah. works, yeah? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I highly encourage people to, to do so. Um, I was saying to k just the other day that I've got Eat For You bars scattered through my car. In both my camera – I can prove it. Hang on. (laughs) Here's two. For those who are listening and not watching, I've got two bars in my camera bag at the moment um, and I still need to get into the habit of remembering to eat them on the fly because I'll get to the end of the day and I'm like, shit, I haven't eaten. But I feel like these – and this is my plug – I feel like these bars are perfect for someone like me uh, – anyone, but someone like me who I am always on the go and I tend not to eat well or eat at all when I'm out running around. So something like that that I know is great will just give me what I need for the day, if not more than that. So that's, that's how I use them.
1: It's a great use. And can I just say that they will get you through for a while that because mm. they're
0: that whole food. They've got a yeah.
1: load of fibre in them. Um, and lots of protein and lots of nut fats from the nuts and seeds. So yeah. they are the kind of thing that, you know, you can have them. I often have it in the car on pickup time when I've realized that I haven't had lunch. I'm like, Ugh, yeah. let's avoid that hangry mum pickup thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Have a bar and it, you know, it gets you through really comfortably until dinner time. Definitely. And that's because it's real food, mate.
0: So different. My God. Um, Doc, we both have to go. We have small humans to pick up and all those other things. Yep. Um, thank you so much. It was so great to I, I thought it was really great to learn more about you um before we delve into more about mm. what your brain knows. Um thank you. You're a you're a pretty incredible human and I'm pretty, pretty stoked to be involved with it for you, but also just to have met you. Man, that's really nice. Thank you, Steph. I had a cracking time. Yeah, uh, and you know, this
1: is just what you get from me—just the yep. truth. What I know, what I don't know. I like st- it straight back at you because I think you're awesome, dude.
0: Well, that's what we do here. That's what we do. It's all we know—just raw, authentic awesomeness. Let's go with that. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Sounds good, mate. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure you hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are using. Leave us a comment. It gives us some feedback but also helps with our podcast ranking. But above all else, keep yourselves knee deep in awesomeness and we'll speak to you in the next episode.